There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Well, here we go. Edition number 205 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use that promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com. You'll save on some delicious small batch coffee roasted in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're new to the pod, I welcome you. Make sure you please rate and review kindly on Apple and Spotify. Also dumping this thing on the YouTube machine now, which has been very kind to me over the last few weeks. And I appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe and comment. No matter how you find the pod, make sure you tell your friends and family all about the hilarity and nonsensical crap that happens on this podcast every week. Thor Nystrom is a fantasy football and college football analyst for fantasy pros and betting pros. Also a part of the Purple Daily draft coverage on Score North. Thor joins us now fresh from... Chipotle. How you doing? How you doing, Thor? I mean, and when Ross, uh, yeah, you guys probably think he's joking. It's literally fresh from uh, Chipotle. <laughs> but but you could probably describe me as that uh, most times of the day. I'm either coming back from Chipotle. I'm putting my leftovers in in the microwave. Um, so yeah, feeling good about Chipotle. Feeling good to see you, buddy, and excited to talk about some some draft stuff, some football. You know, and I should mention we're recording this on the eve of Valentine's Day. I'm actually going to drop this on Valentine's Day morning, mm. so I'm there actually you counting you as my Valentine's date. How do you feel about that? Oh well, yeah, mutual. Uh, we were we were Ross came over one time for for a bowl party that I had uh, uh, last year. And he brought over his slippers, and I'm a big slipper guy, so we're slipper brothers, Ross, as you know. And uh, I, I would, it would be my honor to be your Valentine's Day date as well. Well, and I do want you to know before we get into some Minnesota Vikings and some draft talk, I, I feel like I need to address an elephant in the room. You have not, sure. you have not made this an issue, but I can sense that maybe it could become one. Mm-hmm. You asked me to come over and watch bowl games. I never made it. You asked mm-hmm. me to come over and watch the Super Bowl. I didn't even reply to the text message till oh, like halftime of the game. That's tough. But, you know, I was working golf show all last weekend for the day job. So I am um, Thor. I will be back over at some point. I You actually came out to the golf show. Thank you. I gave you a yeah, big hug. Thanks for having me. I meant that. You very quickly become one of my favorite people, and I appreciate you making some time. Oh, and my man giving up your Chipotle time to talk Minnesota Vikings. So thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, you can always feel free to just butt into my Chipotle time. You know, it's just a part of my life, but yeah, the, the golf show was super fun. Uh, in fact, I just found, so I, I recorded earlier, uh, episode of my draft show with Derek Brown on fantasy pros. And right when I got off, I had a phone call coming in from an unidentified number around the cities. Did you win something? I won two things. What? I only, I only bid on two things. And I didn't check it again after I left on Saturday and I hadn't heard from the guy uh, Sunday or so. Of course, I just assumed I didn't win it. Yeah. How could my bids be good for 24 hours or whatever? But apparently I held serve on both and I'm super stoked. Uh, 
One of them is a full-sized uh, Vikings helmet signed by John Randall. I saw Not that. Not a mini, like, behind me, but that full one. And then the other one is one of the um, the Mike Tyson punch-outs. Yes. You know, yeah, framed. And then you have the Nintendo controller in it, and Tyson signed it. I'm very excited about both these additions. Do you know the office or wherever they go? Do you know the Mike Tyson punch out one is awesome. I actually know somebody yeah. who owns one of those. It's a great piece. The other one that I kind of wanted, but it was only for what was inside the Cheech and Chong one. Did you see that? And it had like a, bl- I didn't see that one. it had a blunt inside of it. There's no way that blunt oh. had real weed, right? Um, I mean, if I would have seen that, it probably would have gotten a bid from Thor and then it would have been tough because then you want to break into the case or like, however, and you can't it was do that. That ruins yeah. the piece. I thought actually walked away with something at the last minute too. Um, people are oh. like, I don't care. Let's talk about huge football. Get? Well, yeah. you'd be proud of me. I also walked away with a mini helmet signed by Philip John Fleck, no longer going to be the next coach at UCLA. Wow. I like that. I think Peach probably saw that you did that, and he's like, I was going to leave uh, for Westwood, but now I can't anymore. Uh, Raj just gave me the show of support, so I'm sticking around. Full disclosure, I waited to put my bid down until he sent out the tweet, the obligatory, I love my job at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> Looking forward to next year. We're actually going to get back to PJ in moments, but let's start with the okay. Minnesota Vikings. Good. You're going to love this, Thor. I'm going to give you... Basically, every quarterback who could potentially be drafted in the first round. I'll read them now. Okay. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and we'll throw Michael Pratt in for fun. Do you have all those names in your head or do you need to write them down? Because I'm going to. I got them all. I got them all. I'm going to. Steel trap. Steel trap up there. Okay. I'm going to ask you not necessarily specifically for the Vikings, but if Thor is ranking these quarterbacks. What order is he putting them in? Again, I'm not asking you to pick teams or draft order. I'm asking you to tell me your order of these quarterbacks. Yeah. So the first thing I'd say is the, um, you know, I, and I was talking about this with uh, Mackie and Jeb, but like, first of all, for me, McCarthy closer to the top three guys than he is to next Knicks and Penix. But beyond that, for me, it's a big four and okay. you're parts. At that point, you're parsing between uh, system, uh, best system fit. Like the four guys are so different there. You know, I'm, I'm including McCarthy, of course, with May, Caleb Williams, and Jaden Daniels. All their skill sets are so different. I think qualitatively, they're closer than certainly has been depicted, uh, that group. I don't see this as, oh, Caleb is the surefire and, you know, he's can't miss and all this stuff. And then, you know, whatever. Like, I think it's closer. I, I do have Caleb one still, but it is, it's pretty close for me. Um, and depending on the system, I might, you know, d- defer whatever, but like in this exercise, just rang him in a vacuum, Caleb one, Jaden Daniels two. I love Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels actually might end up my QB one, but that it's close. And then I have McCarthy three and Drake may, I have it four, and then five. I have Penix, uh, six, uh, Knicks. And then I think I had, uh, I don't think he brought up Rattler, but Rattler is my seven. Okay. And then Pratt eight. And if I can get my top 10 off of memory, I think, I think Milton nine and 10. Oh, Jordan Travis was, was 10. And Milton is at Tennessee, correct? Tennessee. Yep. yep okay. Yep. Okay. So you have Caleb Williams, one, Jane Daniels, two, McCarthy, three, Drake may four, Michael Penix, junior five, 
followed by Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler, Michael Pratt. Uh, is Joe Milton, why am I forgetting his first name? Joe? Joel? Am I making that up? Joe. Joe, Joe. Milton? Okay, I was right yeah. there. Yeah. And Jordan Travis. Okay. Of the 10 I just named, now it really gets fun. How many are going in the first round? Four. Four? Okay, only four. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fo- follow up. There's a lot to be determined with the Minnesota Vikings. Are the Vikings taking one of those four quarterbacks? The only tough part about this is I feel like this has as much to do with what other teams offer cousins. I I do agree with the report, you know, at least my feel of it or, you know, whatever, talking to people of like the Vikings will be economically smart in this decision and they're not going to pay, you know, the full go or, you know, like the full ask, whatever. Um, But like, you know, a lot of it is going to depend on that. Uh, obviously, you know, it's pretty binary. What if they re-sign cousins? I'm not, I don't think that they're gonna spend that first round pick on a quarterback. If they don't, they absolutely will. I'm gonna say yes. Uh, maybe it maybe it's wishful thinking. Uh and and it's not, you know, for the 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 Kirk stands out there, it's not hating Kirk, it's wanting a reconstituted roster that potentially has the ability in a couple of years to compete for the Super Bowl, which we know this current iteration of this roster will not because of the enormous cap hit that Kirk Cousins gets. That's why I want to reset the roster, you know, as opposed to it just being a Kirk decision. Or whatever. Yeah. Amen, brother. Everything you said is just perfect. You've heard me on before I die. When we potted on that, you've heard me just in passing saying numerous times, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. If the roster is constructed right and everything else is done right. Yeah. And just even like the chiefs, even with a rock star quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, you're still going to need, a little bit of luck along the way, but we've now seen yeah. this for more than a half a decade. We're, we're drafted well, out. Ross. Kansas yes. City's yes. drafted really yeah. well. You know, really well. Really yeah. well over the last few years. And by the way, Thor, that helps when you're paying your quarterback top dollar. Sure does. So, I mean, uh, Phil made this point. I, I don't want to take it right out of his mouth, but he made this point on Purple Daily. The Super Bowl was really an exercise in you got to pick your path. You go the Brock Purdy route where the quarterback's making virtually no money. Now I know he's different. He's the last pick in the seventh round. But still, by NFL comparison and quarterback comparison, whoever you take in the first round is largely making no money. And then you have the Patrick Mahomes option who's making, you know, bazillions of dollars. And if you're going to do it the Patrick Mahomes way, you better have Patrick Mahomes or close to it and not trying to throw stones you really can't have Kirk Cousins unless the rest of your roster is GD perfect. And oh, by the way, that's really not likely because there's this thing in the NFL called injuries and they happen. For sure. Uh, yeah, you could definitely build a dominant team around Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins is on a rookie scale contract. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Uh, you can't get the cheat code on, on that guy. You can only get it on the dude that you draft and there's higher variance with that. And so it's scary for people. I know we have the sure thing with, with Kirk, whatever. Uh, I just think a better relationship could be out there. I want to explore my options. Other players that could be in the mix for the Vikings in the first and second round that you think are scheme fits, or you wouldn't be surprised at all if the Minnesota Vikings walked away with these players early in the draft. Again, I know a lot of that depends on what happens with Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins or doesn't happen. But just in theory, players that you think are good fits for KOC or Brian Flores on the defensive side. I've gotten pretty myopic and I'm just zeroing in on one guy. I want McCarthy. Uh, I think, yeah, I I think McCarthy is a perfect fit for KOC. And 
Um, credit to um, our friend Doogie, who was reporting this earlier in the fall that the Vikings had done deep work on, on McCarthy and everything like that. Um, doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, like, you know, the, the fit is just really, really good. The thing people don't understand, I think, as much about McCarthy is they they see the Michigan thing, they see his box scores, they you know NFL system, yada yada, and it's like they I, I, they must assume you know based on some of this nonsense I see on Twitter that he's like this pocket passer guy and he's limited. The funny thing and the ironic thing is it's actually the opposite. JJ McCarthy is in in my eyes a potential prodigy of an out of structure, out of the pocket, off platform, throwing on the run type guy super duper creative uh ad-libbing different like he'll come up with the answer in the moment he fit his skill set into jim harbaugh's pro style offense not vice versa right so we saw through that that jg mccarthy can also win from within structure something that is extremely important for a system like that but i know that that kid is special with the other stuff and and where you get your mind going with him is like once he's let off the leash and that the the full thing flowers out. And keep in mind, this kid's only three years out of high school. Nick's is uh, five years out. Daniel's five years out. Penix is six years out. Uh, McCarthy very early and very young. Um, I, I just think that the ceiling is ridiculous. But like with KOC, you can do more of the bootleg aspects, moving the pocket aspects, even more so than Cousins, because uh, it's just that's uh, McCarthy's skill set and stuff like that. McCarthy also very good attacking the middle of the field. Uh, another uh, KOC offensive staple of the layers and different stuff like that and attacking that middle of the field, try to open up spacing uh, on the other sides, whatever. Uh, he's very good at that as well. You never really know because a draft is a draft. You, you can get a sense of what people are thinking and maybe what position they might be going or let's play this out. You might look at a team like the Vikings and say, oh, there are only two quarterbacks on the roster are – Jaron Hall and an eight-year journeyman who's been with five other people. So they're probably going to take a quarterback. But I set it up that way to ask you this. We're still two and a half months from the draft. At what point can you really start zeroing in, looking at the teams and looking at the board and saying, okay, we know the Vikings really like J.J. McCarthy, but he might not be there at 11 or the Vikings might really like JJ McCarthy, but they don't necessarily have to take him at 11. They could maybe trade back and get him at 20, 25. I I'm not saying that that's the case. What I am asking is at what point do you start to really know with all the data and what you're getting from teams or not getting from teams? When do you kind of have a sense of where some of these guys might actually go? Um, I would say after the combine and free agency, you get a much better idea, um, you know, especially guys at the other positions where the athletic testing is more important. You're going to see moving and falling after the combine, different stuff like that. And then projecting them into specific teams and, and different stuff like that, that that requires knowing the holes on those rosters, which pre free agency and some of this different movement, you're projecting it, you know, or like what it is right now. But obviously, once those guys start moving around and signing with different teams, then you know exactly what the holes are. And then we have a better idea of the evals because we've gotten the athletic uh, testing profiles coming in. That's where it gets a lot clearer in terms of that. These next two questions we're going to talk about here, Thor, I think are really just, they're going to pull at your heartstrings, okay? So we'll we'll start here. I think I saw you comment on one of these two. There was a deep mock draft that had your guy, but also my guy. No hyperbole, kind of hyperbole, 
Tory Taylor is one of the best college football yeah. players in the country. I mean, he's one of the uh, he alone is why Iowa seemingly wins 10 games every year because of what he does. Uh, yeah. One of the deep mock drafts had the Vikings taking him in the sixth or seventh round. Would you throw a parade and what would you do <laughs> to get Tory Taylor to replace uh, Ryan Wright, who I'm not saying the Vikings need to get rid of him, but he did have a down year. But I know you love Iowa football. You love Tory Taylor. I appreciate the hell out of him. It is remarkable that no matter where that guy is punting from, you pretty much know the ball is going to be downed inside the eight-yard line every time. Well, you know, I, I have to turn this back on you because you are the special teams whisperer. Are you okay with the Vikings moving on from Ryan oh, Wright yeah, if, I, if we find his replacement? Yeah, if, if Tory Taylor can transfer from the college game and the college ball to the NFL ball, I'm 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 totally fine with it. Ryan okay, Wright's yeah. fine. I'm not saying we the Vikings need to get rid of him, but if you're going to, why not get four years of Tory Taylor late in the draft before you ever really have to pay him any money? And I'm going to guess this isn't going to be like when Shane Leckler went in the third or fourth round, right? Tory Taylor's not going that high, is he? I could see I could see later in the fourth or fifth, I, I think would be, you know, sort of the but yeah, I mean you don't see punters okay. typically going above that. But he's got all the leg, but the, the that's not the funnest thing about Tory Taylor. What he is crazy at, it's he has this special skill for dropping the ball inside the ten yard line and not having it go in the end zone. <laughs> it just I, stops. It's the damnedest thing. Like, and you know, like, you know, I know it's funny and it's like Iowa sucks. You know, their offense can't do anything and put the whole punting is winning and different stuff like that. But, you know, they gave him a lot of opportunities, obviously as sort of the way they play. And he would always, you know, not only, like I said, flip the field, but you put the opponent in such a bad spot. Like invariably they're starting on the five or the eight or, you know, like what, you know, in, inside the 10. And I mean, it's just a really big weapon to have that as opposed to starting field position at 2025, 20, whatever. That's what Tory Taylor gives you. You get all the other stuff, the punting and the hang time, stuff like that. But he just has that special sauce of the balls landing inside the 10 and it's not going into the end zone. It's just, it's, it's like a, he's like a golfer, you know, it's like a, with like a pitching wedge and you can just place it where he wants it. And then the, the spin of the, I, I don't know how he does that with this, because usually with a punter, you know, a lot of times it's going to roll into the end zone. His always just like stick or they come back a little bit or they die right away. It's, it's the strangest thing. I also love, uh, Staying with punting. I can't believe we're going to talk this much punting on this podcast. Oh, people I, are going to love this. I love the – I know Daniel House will love it too. He loves when we talk <laughs> – when, when I talk special teams, and that's not a joke. I love, I love the evolution of the college game that basically every team – boy, I saw a stat last year. It's honestly like 40% of college teams have a 26 to 28-year-old Aussie punter. I I love that evolution. Will the Aussie punter, which you've always seen a few of them in the NFL, I think was, was it Bennett, Darren Bennett, um, the punter for the Vikings back in the day, he was an Aussie and he was kind of well ahead of his time with the way you drop the football. Are the Aussies going to continue to take over punting in football? Is that one of the new revolutions or newer? I think so. Yeah. And I guess it's like a rugby thing, right. Or like whatever, you know, I guess I got some soccer in there as well, but you know, usually it's like the rugby dude. And then they got down the thing of like, you know, they take more of the steps forward and they get some momentum and that, you know, then you're like, are they going to fake it? And, and they seem to have the leg strength and the placement. Um, maybe America needs to build punting academies or something. We can't have the Aussies taking all the jobs. It's our game. It's American football. We can't have them stealing 
stealing our game from us yeah. in the punting form. Okay, here's a final college football-related question to you, and then I'm going to give you uh, five filler questions, which are completely random, and we'll get out of here. P.J. Fleck's name surfaced yeah. for UCLA, was linked to it. Uh, when Brett McMurphy tweets something, you know there's at least some steam to it. Yep. I've heard a couple different things, okay? I've heard he was very interested, but they were never going to be able to make the money work because of his buyout. I've also heard he had very little interest of going into to going to UCLA. I don't really think it matters much whether he had interest or not when phrasing this question. I'm borderline shocked that they didn't make it happen because I think he, for where UCLA is at, he would have been the perfect hire. You go in, you have the the glitz and glamour. He would make that work for him. You bring all the row the boat stuff there, which he brought from Western Michigan to Minnesota. He is kind of that larger-than-life personality that I think would play better out there than it plays maybe better in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, Two-parter, are you shocked that he didn't end up at UCLA, and do you think he would have been a good hire for UCLA? Um. I'm not because it's, you know, you toss out the two different uh, things it could be. It's 1 million percent the former. It's the first one you said. It's not that he didn't have interest. I mean, PJ, he'll talk to anyone. He, and he should. Almost, and he should talk to anyone. Sure. That's how you get more I, money. I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge him for it, but it's like some of these even pressers late in some of these seasons, he almost seems to be like hinting, like, if you don't appreciate me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, go ahead. You know, um, like, you know, I like Peej enough uh, for sure. Um, I think we've seen the best you of what like him enough from. to call him Peej. Well, they should have gone four and eight this year. Uh, the refs decided <laughs> to give them a game against the Hawkeyes. And then, of course, because you got that free win from the rest, then it's you get to get into the bowl game. Quick lane bowl champions, maybe three times. Yeah, so then three it was times. six and seven instead of the four and eight. I don't know if UCLA even, you know, or PJ Flex agent could have put out there to the reporters like, oh, UCLA is interested in Peej. If they had gone four and eight, the reporters would have been like, that don't pass the smell test. So I am happy on, on his behalf for that. But yeah, it didn't surprise me at all that PJ was very clearly interested in that job. And I totally buy what you're hearing on account of the financials. It seems uh, extremely clear that the reason UCLA went with Deshaun Foster is because he would take less money to do it. Is Deshaun Foster, is he going to be good or bad? Who knows? The guy was a running back coach. Like, you know, I mean, he's never been a coordinator in college, never been a coordinator in the NFL, certainly, or a head coach in either of them or whatever. They're, you know, they're trying to put out there like, oh, you know, Deshaun Foster, like, you know, he, he knows the NIL landscape and he's going to be good with the donors. You know, obviously he was a UCLA legend whatnot. But if if you're the administrator there, you would prefer to get the, the sure thing and not have to, to hope and pray that Deshaun Foster, we catch lightning in a bottle with him. I'm sure they engage with PJ, but yeah, PJ is going to be like, guys, I'm not leaving here for less than I'm making now. That would be weird. And UCLA is like, yeah, we're, we're not paying a ton. Well, of yeah. We're cash poor. <laughs> I think that's what probably happened. And I, they wanted probably, I, I, this isn't based on anything. I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about it, but like, I would assume that what ended it was peach. Would you take a haircut to come here? Would you take less, whatever? And he was like, uh, uh-uh. And, and UCLA would have had to pay a pretty hefty buyout. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's still in the 5 to $7 million range to get him out of Minnesota. Okay, very quick yeah. follow-up, though, because I genuinely, genuinely do wonder this. Uh, at some point, PJ is going to move on. He has to. You can't stay 
for the most part, even in the college game, you can't stay somewhere for 15, 20 years unless you're winning at an incredibly high level, you know, like the Nick Saban level. I, I suppose Kirk Ferentz is a little bit of an outlier, but he's won at a pretty darn high level at Iowa. And, the, and I think it's easier in a quote-unquote smaller city, even though it's a big college city. I, at some point, PJ's going to move on. I don't know. Maybe it'll be at the end of this year. But UCLA-specific, is that really at this point much better of a job than the University of Minnesota? You still have the L.A. glitz and glamour, but you have a you have a dwindling fan base. Chip Kelly couldn't win there, and you can argue all day long, is Chip Kelly actually a good coach or not? How invested was he? The UCLA name should mean something. The Chip Kelly name should mean something. L.A. should mean something. Playing in Pasadena and the Rose Bowl should mean something. And they've just been, I don't want to say irrelevant, but they've been no better, if not worse, than the University of Minnesota the last 10 years. So is that really a better job than Minnesota anyways? Well, I think it's, is it a better job? Yeah, but um, I agree that it's not as good of a job as people think. It's obviously been hard for people to win there. Is is it a lack of money, a lack of funds in the NIL at this point? Uh, you know what? And then you also have what was going on with Chip Kelly there. That That's my thing. There was so a report weird. In, in the middle of November that he was going to be fired. And then they were like, oh, no. I mean, like, you know, and Chip Kelly was like, he had weird comments about it. And then he ends up staying, but he was talking to other people, you know, the whole offseason. It seems like maybe someone in the UCLA administration might have wanted Chip Kelly to just walk away, you know, like whatever. They, but they couldn't fire him because they didn't want to eat the contract. It's just a, a, a super bizarre deal. I would want to sort of know what's going on in that administration. It seems as though you have more uh, administrational stability at Minnesota, for sure. Obviously, they're now in the same conference as well. You, uh, UCLA, you have way more talent around you, uh, number one. Uh, that would be a big thing for me. But the other issue with the Minnesota job, it's they don't have that NIL infrastructure yet. They they have a little bit that, that has trickled in, but they are lagging way behind a lot of these other programs that they compete with in the Big Ten in terms of their NIL. They need to figure that out. Um, Peach, I know I've been told he's done some things to get creative with, you know, I know I need to move into an era of coaching that maybe he didn't want, he didn't, Peach didn't want NIL. He's not an NIL guy. He's no, one where no, he, not at all. He, he convinces a, a mid to high three star that he's identified, you know, and we'll just say Michigan. Cause that's where he was at before. But you know, some kid from a small town in Michigan, it's like, Oh, this kid would be a system fit for me. And then Peach's idea was always, I'm keeping you for six years. And, and that was the one thing he was really good at was keeping all the guys through graduation. Obviously his graduation rates were good as well, but in particular, getting guys to say for the fifth and sixth year, we we saw some surprising names return to Minnesota that that was maybe like maybe he'll go to the draft or whatever. This era, you you don't get many guys into year five, certainly into year six, um, especially if they're not playing early. You don't get that same developmental leeway because the kid on the bench will be like, "Well, I'm just gonna I'll just go down to the G five or you know whatever, get a showcase, or I'll just take money from another school or, or whatever." You, we we have more movement, so but PG is working on it you know i mean he he has done some stuff and i think that's uh, i'll just toss out one name i think that's one of the reasons why uh darius the running backs uh stuck around is is they've gotten a little bit better at some of that stuff um i don't think they wanted ethan to stick around so i don't think i think bosmer just got literally the exact same package uh but uh 
Yeah, I mean, he's getting better at it, but he he had to modulate uh, his strategy and all of which is to say at some point when another school that has more NIL resources is also offering Peach more money, I, I, I think that's the day you wave goodbye to PJ. Yeah, and I think it's also going to come in the form of an assistant pool too. He's constantly losing assistance to other universities that can pay more money. Joe Rossi. Rossi yeah, Joe yeah. Rossi, PJ Fleck got along great. They love each other. For the most part, for a while, PJ Fleck and Kirk Sharaka got along really well too. But, you know, every now and then if somebody's going to pay you double to do the same job, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go do it. Okay, a quick aside and a big thank you to my friends at Beans Coffee Company for supporting Minnesota Sports. Chad, I've asked you for a couple weeks now. Do me a favor, check out coffeebybeans.com. Once you do that, I know you'll give them a try. Once you do that, by the way, send me a picture. I just want to see other people drinking their beads coffee company. Uh, many of you have reached out to me, told you how much you love it. It really is good stuff. Beans Coffee Company, they have roasts and blends in a variety of flavors. It'll satisfy any palate, whatever you're looking for. You'll find it at coffeebybeans.com. Order by the bag or set up a coffee subscription. Your cup of coffee is important, so make sure you're drinking the best coffee around. Beans Coffee Company ships anywhere in the U.S. Free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. Best part, you use that promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's SPORTSCHAT, one word. You are going to save at checkout. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Thor, I think I did this with you, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago when you last joined. We did five filler questions. It is the bit in the show inspired by Phil Mackey, where I ask random questions that often have nothing to do about anything. Your answers can be as long or as short as you would like them. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go with five filler questions. Number one, best Super Bowl you've ever watched, in your opinion, is what? Hmm. I'll tell you mine really quickly. Yeah. It's two. It's either Patriots and Eagles. I still, oh, I still, I, I have one now. I still lean towards Steelers and Cardinals. That was a that was a real okay. fun one. I was going to say one from my childhood that really sticks out. It was that uh, the Titans uh, Rams one oh, where the guy yep. was reaching out. Dyson, yeah, um, right? Dyson. Yeah. Down. Yeah, just because it came came down to the last second, whatever. I feel like in twenty years we might be saying the one from a couple of days ago, just being the overtime and all that crazy stuff, the double possession rule, everything like that. But yeah, I think probably the Titans Rams would be the biggest one that sticks out. Knowing what I know about Thor, he knew the overtime rules, unlike some of the 49ers <laughs> players. Number two. Should stop signs be optional? Hmm. I like this. Um, yeah, my opinion, I mean, like you could, you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent, uh, you know, certainly with no one around like what of the, what do you call it, California stop, <laughs> the rolling stop, the rolling yeah. stop. Yeah. I feel like they shouldn't be punitive when there's no one around you do the rolling stop, the California stop. Um, I feel like, I don't want to say just in, in, in totality of your question of just like, yes, but I, I, I think there should be some shades of gray. And it's if the tree falls in the forest, no one's around. Does it make a sound? If no one's around at that inter intersection, yeah, it should be optional. The red light is like, well, I'm just going to sit there. There's literally no one around. Well, this can't this can't be illegal. I can you know, well, we could roll across the intersection. We've gotten smarter with stoplights now that realize, hey, there's nobody yeah. in the area, so it's just blinking. You can kind of do your own thing. And we this we is a change, tremendous point. 
We got the a technology. <laughs> and I think we could go further with this. Okay. You know, like, there should be, why isn't there sensors a half mile up the road, a mile up the road that is also triggering it? If it knows for sure, there's only one person at that intersection, you know, and it's like midnight, and it's no no one's coming from a mile away, turn the friggin' thing green. Yeah. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? You know how much time we save America? You start getting 20 seconds here, 30 seconds there on the margins where people don't have to sit in the chair. You add all that time together. Now our country's cooking with gas rods. We're living a longer life without actually living a longer life is what we'd be doing. Here's number. Number three. McDonald's or Burger King? You can't choose Chipotle. McDonald's or Burger Mm. King? I go with Burger King. Um, I I, I like them. I like Burger King on the grill a little more. Uh, The Rodeo Burger. The Rodeo Burger, that's pretty good. And then they got the curly fries. Right, yeah. they got they still no. got them there. Do they? I I thought they had onion or is that rings. Hardee's? They had onion rings. I think Hardee's onion has rings. Fries. Onion rings. I yeah. do like the nuance of the onion ring. I like a little more options than just the straight fries. And I look, I I love McDonald's fries, but like like a little options in terms of that, you know, like uh, what's the place uh, Sonic where you can, they they have all the different things on their menu like that. I I, I like little nibblers like that. So I, I just want some more options. I know Arby's is the place for curly fries, but they're still dead to me after getting rid of the potato cake. I'm still bitter about that. I love oh. me a potato cake. Number four. Uh, the best streaming platform is what? Best streaming. I mean, like, I think I would just have to go with with Netflix because I I watch so many different things on it. So I, I think I think I'd have to go with Netflix. It just has it's a wider net. You know, it's a bigger ocean. Question four point five is Swamp Kings any good? I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, the Florida one. Yeah. Um, they didn't. I heard they avoid all the off the field stuff, which yeah. would be annoying to me. It would be. How do I put this? It's good if you like don't have any exposure or like like for someone that didn't know anything about those teams or maybe you're super hazy on it like whatever i think it would be entertaining for that kind of a person but like for someone that like knows what was going on there and knows that it was basically this team that urban urban meyer constructed in florida it was basically the most christian good boy quarterback you've ever had in tim tebow and he was surrounded i'm sorry by a bunch of convicts i mean they yep there was one stat out there where it was like something like, you know, 85 guys on the, on the T on that Tebow team had been arrested. Like they were on the roster. I mean, way more people had been arrested than had not been arrested. And uh, of course you had some particularly unsavory arrests and crimes uh, more towards the Aaron Hernandez end of, end of that spectrum. So like for the, for the people that, that, you know, know that stuff, followed that team in the moment, different stuff like that, they ain't giving you nothing new. So it's just like, um, you know, it would be a pure veg out type uh, watch. But I feel like someone, if you didn't have any contacts, it might be cool seeing Urban Meyer back there. You, you see Tebow, you have the clips of that. And, and you know, obviously they were really talented teams. Number five. This one's an absolute plant. I'm fanning the flames. <laughs> you probably know what's coming. Why do you hate the Cars for Kids band? Oh. They're just trying to make a living and raise some money. Yeah, it's something K-A-R-S about KRS cars for kids. <laughs> it's it's something about the the jingle. I feel like is um, it's like uh, it stabs you in the brain, and especially if you can't get rid of it after it goes off. And then the kid that sings it, I I just I, I get really annoyed at him. And maybe it's because the the I hate the song itself. Um, 
in my head, he's like a, a lead member of a band who's like, you know, verbally abusive to his other band members. <laughs> and he has some, some offstage issues and stuff like that. I've, I've created this whole world in my head that impugns the lead singer of, of 877 Cars for Kids because I literally hate that song so much. Every time it comes on, I want to burn my house down so it'll stop. I think the only thing that I don't like about it, Thor, there are incredibly talented kids. My niece is roughly 10-ish years old. She plays in a band. It's called School of Rock. See what they did there? I did. Get no. kids that can actually play the 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 uh, instruments. These kids aren't even playing the guitar. She's just literally there to strum and not doing anything. So, Well, and that's, that's the other thing, that lead singer. It's it's like you got to get better with the acting aspect of it <laughs> as well. Like, I don't know what culpability you have in the song itself, but there's a lot of things we could workshop there, mainly getting rid of that song. I'll tell you the good and Roz, you know, you know this one. The good song is a J.G. Wentworth. Yes. And, and, and thank God for Curb Your Enthusiasm for immortalizing that at the beginning of the thing. We, uh, Ross and I had our, uh, wait, that, that's the 877. Yeah. It was 877 takes now. And we would always sing that to each other before we did, uh, <laughs> before we die. And so like uh, um, Tracy Allman, when she was singing that, I was just dying laughing. I need Vikings takes, time. so I'll call Thor Dystrom. 877 <laughs> takes now. 877 takes now. Thor, very quickly, where do people find you? What's what's your X handle? Uh, is at ThorKU, and you can find my work at Fantasy Bros. Love it. That is Thor Nystrom, uh, one of the nicest dudes you will ever meet. That does it for this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, a very romantic and sultry <laughs> Valentine's Day edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Thanks to Thor. Thank you to you for listening. I'm back again in this feed next week. Thanks for listening to Minnesota Sports Chat, presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT, that's one word, SPORTSCHAT, to save at checkout. Follow Ross on X at the Ross Brendel. Like and subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review kindly.